0: And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle
2: Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are here for another episode of Set the Spread a couple days late. We've been on our slow-mo grind, our schmo grind, uh, I don't know why we couldn't. Oh, one night I had something, then Danny had something, but we're here. We're delivering. Last week, we missed it, and that was big for me because I was counting down the weeks, Country Club, and figuring out that if we continue to, if I continue to delay, kind of like taking a knee in football, Danny will just have less time to catch the tail, but we're not in that business. Um, we're going to start off with a recap. As always, it's going to be a quick one, but we have some news to break down. And someone on this panel hit something massive. If you are even close to any of our socials, you're aware of it. And then we're going to get into set the spread tomorrow. We have another fighter interview, an exciting one. It is with JSP, Jonathan Pierce. He was on again, but he has a the fight announcement, or he was on already. And now he's got a fight announcement, which we're really excited to debut and break on the show. And we're going to pick his brain a little bit about what's going on at, at, his division and what he thinks about this upcoming fight. So we got country club, Kobe, who I'm going to turn it over to for set the spread after the recap. And then we got DK capper, dank wagers, Coritz, MMA. Danny, do you have a green weekend last weekend?
0: As far as track plays, we were slightly red. It was a green weekend. It's been green for a while. It feels, feels good. NFL has been going great, but, uh, track plays. We were slightly red hitting the Norma Dumont and losing because of the Ramazan Amiv questionable decision. So sh- I guess should we start there? Yeah, let's I know start, that you benefited from that yeah, one. Yeah,
2: let's start there. Well, so we will start there quickly. Danny Roberts got a split decision over Ramazan Amiv, and it was one that is without controversy. I want to watch it back. I have not, and I want to watch it back. How did you have it scored? Because the 30-27, the I will admit,
0: is questionable. However, for me, I thought that um, there was no way that you could have scored the first round for Danny Roberts. I thought that going into the second round, it was 10-9. Um, it would, and then it was followed by two pretty close rounds. I thought that Roberts probably won the second and Eve probably won the third. And um, it was just going to take uh, some judges to give Amiv the the nod. Even I think that he did have the stats in favor of him. So I wasn't really... Too concerned. And then when I heard the 30 27, I was like, Oh, we're fine. Amive won that first round. There's no way they give a 30 27 to Roberts. And it was just shocking to me.
2: So the only thing I agree with you, I didn't see a 30 27. I really want to watch it back. The one thing though about that bout is I think it's the start or the beginning of the conversation of if you have top control, but the person on the bottom is doing more damage, who is that round going to?
0: It's a good question. I don't know. I just...
2: I think for the beginning of time, it's been the guy with top control. And I think that question's starting to shake, shake a little bit. Yeah, Potentially. I don't know. But it was good to see Danny Roberts back in the win col- column. And all things considered, he looked good. You know what I mean? I mean, Ameev is an easy ta- easy fight. I mean, that's a tough one. And I think that it's starting to become a thing. I know you said that he's probably going to get the finish. I think we're starting to see an Ameev who, if someone can... Last and continue to last. That third round was up for grabs for Danny Roberts. He looked a little bit fatigued from Danny continuing to get up over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, definitely, it's something to be concerned about, especially if he makes that step forward to a five-round fight in the coming like up positive. coming fights. But yeah, just this one left me with a bad taste in my mouth for the judges and just just overall. And
2: it's that much more impressive that you ended up turning that into a green night because I know Amiv. I no, believe, still slightly up, red. Still slightly, slightly red. Slightly red track, but didn't you say off track? You you hit a couple. Yeah, lines? I had,
0: I had Mon- Monon for o- by the For everyone, for and, everyone and,
2: wondering, Danny and I, the problem with tracked is you need to place your bets significantly before the start time, but at the very least before the start time. So if you're betting the main event, you need to bet that bef- not before the start of the fight, but before the start of the entire card. And so when we say tracked bets, there are always going to be some that trickle in as it gets closer and closer to the fight, whether it's line movement, sharp action, if we see something or thought of something, someone looks good uh, in the scale or whatever it is. And so it's, it's something that that's why he might've been red tracked, but offside, you said you had four or four. And so Mm -hmm. that, that brought you to the green, which is impressive. One of your hits quickly, Ariana Carolosi, you hit that one. Great, great, great pick. Were you worried about it though? Because for a little bit, it a little look, bit. Really, yeah, she yeah. didn't look
0: good. Yeah, Stella really impressed me right off the bat. It looked like Carolosi was a little lost until she found that, uh, found the neck.
2: And that's what's embarrassing. I rode with you, but instead of taking it straight because dogger passed for women's is science, I ended up taking by finish for Carolosi, and that ended up hitting, which was lucky okay Bat Gerald the only reason I want to talk on this one and it's also gonna be quick is because I brought up Brennan Davis I had that long monologue about him last week we were talking about how he made his way. he was on the first series of contender series made his way back to the UFC and was looking very promising he also is the head coach of his own gym which we've mentioned a couple fighters train at he got absolutely slumped and it was not I mean Bat Gerald looked phenomenal but we're talking two minutes before Brennan Davis folded like a lawn chair. And so I hope he gets more of a shot in the UFC, but I guess my question to you is, is this more of a Brennan Davis and his saga is he just simply is not UFC caliber or on the flip side is bat Gerald, that exciting. Kobe, you got, you want to chime in quick
1: performance bonus to bat
2: Oh, nice. Well-deserving. Okay. So performance bonus, to Bat-Gerald. Okay. And then Danny Roberts did not get any bonuses. Okay. Cool. Interesting.
0: All right. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this one. I wanted Brandon Davis to look way better than he did because I still am not incredibly high on on Beth Jarrell. I I'd like him for to be a young, exciting killer, but I'm just not sure if that uh, I have that much faith in him. And I don't know. I I'd, I'd la- definitely like to give Brandon another chance.
2: Lucky for you, I'm sure there will be a fate opportunity soon for us because this these knockouts are coming pretty hard. Okay. Um, just because it's news, Lupi Gardinas did not get the two quickest back-to-back victories. She ended up falling via decision. It was a fair decision, just decision, but she made a record turnaround time fighting on back-to-back cards, and so I just want to make a little tidbit or asterisk note that she did not get the W, therefore not getting the back- quickest back-to-back wins. Shit. All right. We're not trying to break down all the fights, but damn, was this an exciting card. So I hit a big parlay. I, I was the guy massive. It was 50 to win 11,000. And one of the guys. In Wait, that so point, I didn't
1: hear you right. I didn't hear you right. What did you just say? What was the numbers on that? It was
2: 52 to win 11,000, like 10,990 bucks. Something crazy
1: like 52 that. 52 American dollars. dollars. Yes. To win, win 11,000 11, American, thousand American dollars. dollars. And it hit.
2: And. Four of the five were underdogs, one of which was Danny Roberts, which is why he brought that one up. Five of
1: the six underdogs.
2: Five of the six were underdogs, You're right. And then this one is, is the one and lone favorite. And I was nervous for a second, but it ended up becoming a non-issue. Bruno Silva versus Andrew Sanchez. And, Dan, you were on Bruno Silva. And while we were recording, I was talking about Andrew Sanchez, how if he mixed in his wrestling, I was going to be on him here. Well, Andrew Sanchez did mix in his wrestling, and after a couple, I believe it was nut shots, lost yeah, the a point. Couple, couple nut yeah. shots,
0: lost a point.
2: And then from there, he was dead. All oh, you could see, he died inside, and just fatigue set in. And fatigue makes a what's the saying? Fatigue makes us a coward out of all of us, or something like that. Okay,
1: Nate Landwehr. Performance where we, bonus to Bruno. So- oh, really?
2: Okay, that I, I would like have that. Surprised me so much. Really? Okay, I, he just was down debatably two rounds yeah. so I don't know
0: big comeback
2: yeah okay Nate, Landwehr. We're at it,
0: Nate Landwehr too yeah Ludovic
2: Klein so the reason why I wanted to mention so they did for
1: four performance bonuses yep
2: okay the reason why I wanted to mention Nate Landwehr is because we talked about it on the podcast this is where it pays to listen both Danny and myself were all over Landwehr for two reasons one the line was just way too inflated getting plus 300 on this guy is truly criminal the other thing is he likes to make things a dogfight. He's never really out of it. And so we thought that if he, if he gets in close, makes, grinds out Ludovic, who, by the way, is like 4% body fat, you can see every muscle in his back, that it'd be, it'd be a tough, fought-out decision for him. And it ended up ending in a choke. But a lot of that was fatigue setting in for Klein. Land where I had him plus three hundred. I also had him by decision plus five fifty, which ended up missing because that decision. Dan, did you end up placing anything on Land or was this more for you, you? just watch this bad boy.
0: Yeah, I didn't. This was just for my entertainment. And the more I watched Ladovic Klein fight, the more I feel better and better about laying that. What was it like plus one fifteen on Shane Young? I know that ended up losing, yeah. but Ladovic Klein really does not look great.
2: Yeah, and sometimes that happens if if you've been betting USC for a long time or. MMA as a whole, or following it, guys, so you you sometimes pick right and lose anyways, and it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, if your team's down forty in basketball, it's done. You can rip up the slit. If you're getting smoked, it doesn't matter in UFC. One punch, one slip up, doesn't matter. But Land where catches is the biggest dog on this card. Okay, one more leg of the parlay, and the girl that brought Danny to Green off site, I had. Fouro uh, by decision and Fouro by decision it was super high volume Dan and they brought up Valentina Shevchenko a lot on this broadcast and the reason being is because she's kind of chewed up everyone at 125 and it looks like 4 might be the striker that works her way up to that shot and might give it give her some fresh blood
0: yeah I it's definitely a question mark mostly just because of how weak this division is but she's got Kind of the wrestling base too. So it, it's definitely an interesting matchup more so than anyone the Bulls fought in probably the past couple of years for me. But it does seem like a lot too soon. um I, I'd love to see Manon, Manon get a couple more high level oh, wins. It's, yeah, it's they just, definitely
2: will. It's just more like it's nice to see someone who's unranked show so much promise. For sure. On, on the other side, Bruno Silva though, the reason why the decision play was played is less about Poirot because she's finished seven of eight wins. And much more about uh, Silva's ability to, to be back for more after getting hit. I mean, she got rocked a couple times. Oh, yeah. I think she broke her nose, and she was just taunted and back for more. So that's an exciting one. Got plus 188 value on that, by the way, for a women's flyweight bout to go to decision, which is just seemed shocking to me. Okay, this was the lucky one in the parlay. The fourth leg. It was Danny Roberts, Bruno Silva, Faroe by decision, and then Jim Miller. And I had Jim Miller by finish, and I thought the finish was going to be sub. But I took the little extra juice off the top, especially good to parlay, to, to leave that knockout, and the knockout happened. So Eric Gonzalez drops Jim Miller. I almost ripped up the ticket and almost started crying. Jim Miller, instinctually, this is where the experience that I always talk about, shoots for a takedown, gets top control, kind of rides it out, comes out in the second 14 seconds in and just lands an absolute right hand for, or left hand from hell and just knocks him like a lawn chair. I love Jim Miller, man. Jim Miller is yeah. one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. He, he's going to fight forever. I'm sure that Kobe's about to say performance bonus or yeah. or whatnot, but yeah. Awesome. Eric Gonzalez just got really overconfident there in that second round. And
2: I think Danny drilled it. Yep. Performance bonus. Another 50 Miller. G for, another fifty G's for Jim Miller. Okay. I know these recaps have been short and shorter and shorter and shorter. This one's just an exception because of the big parlay. Both the co-main and the main event were on the last two tickets on the card. It was Andre Orlovsky who wins a decision against Carlos Philippe. And I won't lie. I was sweating this one bad. Orlovsky got really tired in the third. I believe he slipped and started taking absolute ground and pound. Luckily, 29-28 across the board, even though it was a really close second. And I skated to the victory there, but that was a nerve wracking one. Um, and then, and it's interesting to see a 42 year old. I know it shows how married to the game. He is where a lot of guys, when they're over that hump and not really going for that belt, when you get dropped, you just fold it up. You're like, what? I don't need to take this damage. I'm 42 and I'm a hall of famer. I'm gonna get another fight. No, I don't, Andre, if he's in there, he he means business. And I love to see it. And the last leg, which I didn't hedge, which is the craziest part of all of it is Norma Dumont. And Dan, I won't lie to you. One of the main reasons why I didn't hedge is because of this podcast and because of the talk we had where I looked at it and I go, look, if Norma somehow, some way gets slumped in the first couple rounds by a weakened back-to-back weight cut fighter, then so be it. Because as the fight goes on, I know for a fact that Norma's going to wear her down nor fought behind the jab phenomenally, like unbelievably. And it, it never it was really- like the only thing that was thrown in the fight. Yeah. I felt that way. And it really did feel that way. And I'm glad to see your edge decision and obviously cash my ticket. The one thing well, though, mine. the one thing. Yeah. You, you too. The one thing is the, and the ankle lock. Wait, do we go? T- oh no, you were a me. Good thing. It was a joint ankle lock and none of them. Count. Um, but mine was Norma. Um, what I was going to say, though, is the big controversy from this overall card and something I want to talk to both of you about was the cornering from Aspen Ladd's corner. Obviously, they mic up the corners, and it's being talked about a lot that it's terrible, terrible corner work or controversial work, the way he talked to her, the way he tried to motivate her. What are your guys' thoughts on it?
0: I agree with what DC had to say afterwards. I would want him or a guy like him in my corner or someone keeping it real like the way that Aspen was fighting, it really kind of was like, what are you doing? Like, right. Do something. Um, it feels a lot like sometimes, I mean, we saw just last week with James Krause and Tim Elliott's corner. Um, cornermen can give their guys a false perception of, of their, them being equal or up in a fight. And then, it can change how they perform. And we saw Tim Elliott not try and get off his back and and lose the fight because of it.
2: I'm really glad you mentioned that because it, it literally was the episode we had right before this, where we said, lying, lying to your, lying to your fighter and telling them if they're up when they're not can only be bad. And so I think there's a aspect of keeping it real. My only thing I wanted to add, which I thought was really important was people need to realize that each fighter gets motivated differently and each corner gets motivated differently. And the coach came out and apologized. But the thing is, is he knows what Aspen needs to hear. Only he knows because he's the head coach. He's the head corner. He knows how she responds to certain things. So it's really interesting to see the guy that sits on his couch being like, Oh, he's doing a bad job. It's like, he knows his fighter. And I know the outcome didn't go their way. And I know they're going to get back and talk, but like, do you remember that fight Aspen had where she knocked out Kunitskaya? He said the same thing. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Go out there and throw your hands. She does it, gets to knock out five seconds later, you know? So I think part of it is it's under scope too because the fight didn't go their way.
1: My right. initial reaction was, and I said it in the group, was it, 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 it kind of came off as a dick. And I get that the point is like, yeah, you, no one knows Aspen. No one knows the fighter, like the guy in the corner with her. But yeah. I wish there was a little more like, you know, actual instruction or or, or substantial you know pieces of advice that he was giving her in the corner rather than just like what are you doing you look like shit
2: right I agree because there needs to be a fine line between motivating and giving some positive strategy so she doesn't just go out there and do the same shit like it's really easy to say stop doing what you're doing the hard part's telling her what to do to beat the 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 opponent on the other end, on the other side. Also, quickly, just wanna this is not gonna take any breakdown or recapping, but I think it was just a good week in fights altogether. So I want to add it. Vadim Nemkov uh submits his opponent in uh Julius Angliskis in the light heavyweight Grand P Grand Prix keeps his belt. Corey Anderson knocks out Ryan Bader in 51 seconds of the first round to advance in the Grand Prix at light heavyweight there. And then Brent Primus beats Benson Henderson. Only I want to add that one is because obviously Benson Henderson is a UFC great, but also he was bitching and complaining that he wasn't considered for the light uh, the vacant light heavyweight title. Hard to be considered when you're on a three fight skid now and you really haven't shown much losing to like a 37 year old Brent Primus. So those are three that I want to highlight there. And then lastly, in cage warriors on Sunday night, Very quick, but Spike Carlisle, a guy we've talked about a lot on this podcast, gets the finish over J.J. Ambrose. So, Oh, and then Max Roscoff. Do you remember who that is? He's the guy who quit on the stool against um, Austin Hubbard. And so he said, I'm done. I don't want to even do this sport anymore. Turns out it was a moment of, I don't know. Don't want to say weakness, but it kind of what it was. I don't know if Spike Carlisle is going to find his way back to the UFC. He's on a three fight win streak since getting cut from the organization, winning in an LFA, and now most recently at KOTKO and Cage Warriors. And I just know that whenever Danny and I broke down his fights, we weren't necessarily on him, but we just said that his big issue is the fatigue aspect. And if he fixes that, he is a UFC Kelly. And the recklessness, yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, rec- yeah. Being a smarter fighter as well. But I don't know. I hope to see him back in the UFC, and I kind of believe we will, if, if not now. I mean, he just beat a – I think he was a guy on Ultimate Fighter or something like that, but it, it's good to see him get continue to get in the win column because I like Spike. Okay, let's bring it over to set the spread for UFC Fight Night. Costa v Vittori, I think it's UFC <laughs> Vegas, and I'm seeing right now that this card's starting at fucking noon again,
1: man. Yep, another early one, Vegas 41.
2: What? Dude, I, I just need to say this. I'm very adamant about this and very angry about this. I mix, miss the UFC on Fox days and the Spike days. These cards would end at like 10, 30, 11, 30, 12, 30. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, I want to have my Saturday nights. Like, I loved watching sports late into the night. Now I'm either watching fucking West Coast football or I'm forced to go out with peers because my night's no longer spoken for. So ESPN. Stop doing me dirty and having these fights end at six thirty p.m. and and eight p.m. I'm 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 sick of it. I want to go late into the night. This is some this is some trash.
1: Well, Reese, to burst your bubble a little bit. Well, this one's this one's a little bit different. But next weekend we have two sixty seven Abu Dhabi. It's In Abu
2: Dhabi, yeah, I know it's bad.
1: It's a nine thirty a.m. start, but that one. I mean, that's a loaded card. I I'm excited to wake up and drink. I
2: agree, it's that. loaded card. But for those who don't know me. Asking me to wake up at 9:30 a.m. is asking a lot, and I'm going to do it. Don't get me wrong. A free pay-per-view UFC—I mean, I know that sentence doesn't make sense—but a, a pay-per-view quality card for free on ESPN Plus, I will be there. Don't get that twisted. But like, come on, 9:30? I'm gonna—it's going to be fucking two in the afternoon. I'm going to be blacked out, a hammer, and I'm going to be watching Corey Sandhagen lose to Piotr Jan. I mean, come on. Let me <laughs> enjoy that at midnight. Some cheese. <laughs> All right, All right, but we'll get to that later.
1: Back to this week. We've got, as mentioned, UFC Vegas 41 starting at noon central prelims. Main card is starting at three, headlined by Paula Costa, Marvin Vittori. We've got a six-fight main card. So you know what that means. I'm sure we're going to end up in a tie this week. for set to spread. Um, but we're coming at you, again, a little bit late Tuesday afternoon. We'll have this out, hopefully, ASAP, Wednesday morning. Um, let's start with the first fight on the main card. How many, uh,
0: how many points am I down? Danny's chasing two, two
1: counts yeah. 16 14 on the year.
2: The other thing I want to mention, I just looked. So, the one thing that's nice is like UFC ended early last week. And uh, I just watched Bellator and the Grand Prix and stuff late into the night. Next week, it's Bellator Moscow. And that fight card starts even fucking earlier. That's starting at 11 a.m. while the fucking. Be- so. I'm gonna be double screening 54 year old Fedor Malen ankle against Tim Johnson while at in, in the middle of the day. I mean, this is just come on, guys. This w- I want to make a proposition where we have late night fight cards that like start at 11, end at like 3 a.m., and the only purpose is for betting them. So we have good betting lines. Everything's going to be very close to even. We probably take a little extra juice to pay the fighters. I mean, that's a genius idea. Pending, we might have ankle pick fight league. We have uh,
1: Yeah, we gotta get Merriman back on the pod and throw it away. Uh, this
2: is
1: because his fights are running out of LA. At least that specific time. You can start yeah. those, you know, t- 10 p.m. Pacific.
2: If 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 I told you that there's a I mean you're you guys are I feel like you guys are both early to bed, but like a 1 a.m. fight night with all betting lines that are really close, like I would watch that religiously. Just for those degens. But whatever. Right. I, I I digress. Oh, and one last thing! Breaking news: I had my fancy basketball league, I drafted uh, Bogdan. So Bogdan Bogdanovic, so,
1: speaking so of now, Bogdan Bogdanovich.
2: <laughs> well, that's what that's what made me realize is we're getting bogged down. So I I picked Bogdan Bogdanovich. So for anyone wondering if I'm true to the spirit, I am. All right, now country club. I'm done talking. I'm I'm hyped. I had a lot of caffeine today.
1: UFC Vegas 41, first fight on the main card. We've got Nicholas. Nagu and Ike Villanueva. Six fights. Reese kicking things off for us, coming off the most recent win. Go for it.
2: Very good pronunciation there. Country club. So I'm just going to call him Nick and then Ike. Um, So here's the thing about Nick. We talked about him once, and it was in that fight against Alexa Kamur. He was a big dog, and Danny and I really were... Actually, calling it a live dog here, especially because Kamur hasn't looked apart since dropping to William Knight. But it's limited exposure on him. On the other side, we got Ike Villanueva, and you know what you're going to get from Ike Villanueva. I know what I'm going to get from Ike Villanueva. Danny calls Ike Villanueva the C word. For those who are new here, it's COVID fighter, not what you think it is. And so we got a guy here that's losing to Chase Sherman. On the other side, we got a guy. Who's beating Alexa Kemmer? Who, at the very least, has promise. I I gotta favor Nick here, Nagumaranu. The question is by how much. I'm gonna go by a good amount, especially with Ike fluctuating in in weight and being a smaller but chubbier one uh, or two o five er. I I mean, Nagumaranu's a big guy, hits hard. Ike's tough, but. I think his UFC 10 years is over. I'm going to go Nick Nagumaranu minus 340. The other thing, too, 10-year age gap here. Ike Villanueva being 30-fucking-7.
0: I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think Nagumaranu is going to be the favorite. Like you said, he's just... The body types are just completely different. I mean, you've got a guy who's an athletic light heavyweight versus a guy who's a light heavyweight because he ate a flyweight. Um, <laughs> and, that chat. And then, then not to, and then not to mention, he he is one in three in his four UFC fights with just that overhand right. He's a knockout or bust kind of guy. But because of that knockout, I'm, I'm hesitant to go all the way up at, at 350 or whatever you had, 330. I had a two in front of it when I wrote it down, and I'm going to stick by my two. Uh, I'm going to go 250 for uh, Nick, the athlete, Nagu Muranu. That's not his actual nickname, but the other guy's not an athlete.
2: Low. I'm just chir- – that's the crowd chirping, Dan. Too low. You're trash. That's too low.
1: I'm a- it's going to be even higher. Not low enough. 220.
2: Ooh, pause in place. Pause in place.
1: See, I... 220. And it started, it started at 300. It's coming down.
0: I don't even know how comfortable I am with that. I feel like... I don't know. This will be a good... All oh, I'm, oh, I'm
2: saying is if you lose to Chase Sherman, you're done. That's it. I don't need to see any more. I don't even need to tape. I see loss of Chase Sherman. I'm going to lay... Up to 500 because Chase is trash. Also, for all of our listeners, if you can tell that my quality on my end of communication is going down, that is because the beers have been flowing the entire time. All right, back to you, Country Club.
1: Welterweight bout. Francisco Trinaldo and Dwight Grant. DK, go for it.
0: Trinaldo is another one of those guys. Legend. We know who we're going to get. He's 43 years old. Um, Definitely (laughs) on the sorry 43 I didn't even realize how old that dude is yeah yeah exactly exactly I thought I thought like I had spoken wrong here um, <laughs> no no
2: no I'm, I'm shook sorry yeah proceed. but even
0: at 43 he's like tough as nails he's not a guy that's easy to get out of there he's not a guy that has just like a ton of weaknesses um I think I was real heavy on Muslim Salikov against him which cash, but it wasn't so much because I think Trenaldo is was washed. I just think that he shouldn't be getting those Muslim Salikov guys. He should be more getting these Dwight Grant body snatcher guys. This is I I think is a much more even fight with Dwight Grant up at thirty seven himself. Um, neither neither of these guys are are young chickens, but I'm gonna go with the with the more experienced, the better wins, Francisco Trenaldo. Being the favorite here still, um, I'm not going all the way up at two. There's going to be a one in front of it. I'm going to go 160, minus 160, Trinaldo. That's
2: a good line. That might be a ding-ding. Um, <clears throat> probably going to go over. One of the things that I, people don't realize, or people might realize it, but something that I like to look at is – when there are guys that you don't really know, their prospects have one, two, three fights in the UFC. It's interesting to see when they finally made their UFC debut. And when you're looking at a guy like Dwight Grant, not making his UFC debut till 34, 35, you then ask yourself, well, why? What, you know, what took him so long to get to the show at 35? Was it a late start? No. Was it inactivity? activity? Maybe. But I, I just... I think when you got a guy like Francisco Trinaldo, who I thought was in 39, so 43 shook me a little bit, you got the, the definition of a gatekeeper. You know what I mean? Like the, the guy who is good enough to be ranked, without a doubt, in my opinion, bottom half. But these prospects are going to have a tough time with him, and I see something very similar here with Trinaldo. is tough to put away, very, very skilled, very, very experienced, and at 43, he's not a 43. He almost is like a. He's more like a Yoel Romero 43 than he is like. I'm trying to think of a, a Fedor Melanenko 43. You know what I mean? He 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 looks good. He he he's in good shape. I mean, he's there still. Um, also, want to quickly mention, Jai Herbert's a guy I'm eyeballing as a spot to uh, next week. Or yeah, on this card, he beat him. He beat Bobby Green, who I hold a ton of uh, respect for. And John McDessie. And these are all recent. I mean, he's still got it. So I'm gonna go higher than your 160. I'm gonna say it's 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 195. I think it's teetering that too.
1: Opened 106 at minus 160, Trenaldo. It's oh. down to minus 125, Trenaldo. All right. Well, oh, that, oh, that, oh. that,
2: that, 125, that, my friend, is a fucking place. Great line, Dan. Great line. I right, that's a Poha if I've ever heard one. Oh, Norma Dumont, very genuine Poha, made me quite happy. That was a so yeah. yeah, that was a very genuine, pure Poha. And it was one of the first times that an ankle picker in myself was screaming Poha while the fighter, Norma Dumont, was also screaming Poha. So, you know that that's that's gonna take place in ankle pick history right there.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to have her on and ask her about that poha. I do just got to learn Portuguese. I no she was thinking about your parlay as she said yeah. it.
2: All, all we would do, no, Kobe, the entire podcast and interview would just be us saying poha back and forth. Poha, poha, poha. And she'd just be like,
1: poha, be like, poha. <laughs> <laughs> we just had the interview. All right. <laughs> Third fight of the main card. By the way, about Alex Caceres and Wu Choi recently things off. Okay, so Alex
2: Caceres is a guy that I'm not kidding. I you would think is in a similar vein to to Francisco Trinaldo and Age. I mean, he has so many UFC fights, probably one of the higher in act in UFC fight time. Dana loves him, thinks Bruce Leroy's hilarious. He was on the Ultimate Fighter, funny guy. All right, I'm with it. I like it. He was always regarded throughout my entire time being a fan of the UFC as kind of like. A spectacle, I guess. I mean he's losing to guys like Jason Knight who are in bare knuckle FC. He's losing to Guan Wang. Do you know who Guan Wang is, Dan? Good, me neither of my head. Good, me neither. And so it it's it 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 was a guy that you thought when is this gonna be his last fight? Three fights get whatever. Ripped off four in a row against Steven Peterson, Chase Hooper, Austin Springer, Kevin Croom. And now he's getting a step up in Sungwoo Choi. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, so I'm doing this off the cusp, but did Sungwoo Choi skip a lot of time for military service? I don't know if you know this answer. I can't remember if he was the... Because a lot of South Koreans have to spend two years in active military service, and he took some time off. And I don't know if that... I'm not a, sure, off the top of my head. It, okay, it I don't like know if that's official.
0: A, it took. It looks like he took a decent break between Multiple 2017 and like, 2019, yeah. and then also between 2019 and 2021. So those are two yeah. different stints of about two years. One of them could have been, but I'm not. I have no idea.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I know that's a lot of them. Do. I know uh, Korean Zombie had it. Whatever. Anyways, he defeated Julian Arosa when he was a slight favorite, and the slight favorite against Juicy J bothers me. Thought he'd be a little bit heavier. But I imagine against Al Caceres, it's ve- Al Caceres is very similar to Juicy J to me. So I think he's going to be similar line there. I'm going to go Sungwoo Choi minus 145. I'm just going to go exactly the same as the Julian Arosa line. I, I It it might be a little smaller because Al Caceres is kind of more of an, a name. But I mean, they're very similar. Ultimate fighter guys like to stand and bang, kind of have had their struggles. I know Julian Rosa actually left the UFC for a while. So I, I think it's going to be kind of similar. I'm going to go 145 in favor of Sungu Choi.
0: Your line is kind of scaring me because I I have it, I I have a number that is quite different. Uh, I mean, you're
2: probably um, right. I agree I with
0: I agree with you a lot than that Alex to a similar kind of gatekeeper to Trenaldo. Like the the word you use, spectacle is I think a perfect word. Even in his most recent four fight win streak, you got Kevin Croom who. Right that came out of nowhere off the streets. And like, I mean, that's a guy we'll never see again. Definition of a C word guy. Um, I mean, you have obviously the Chase Cooper, which is as, as much as I respect Chase Hooper as a grappler, it is kind of like a, a specialty fight when you're matched up against him. It's a, it's a spectacle of a thing. If you can negate the grappling, you, he's not going to strike with you. Um, then and then going back to it, his last loss, the Cron Gracie. That's almost the same kind of thing. It's it's these guys that, um, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of, oh, what's his name? Record the the guy that just fought Mike Perry and C, or he he fought CM Punk oh, and um, um Mickey Gall, a, a guy oh, that just gets these that yeah, yeah, yeah. that the, the gets these these weird fights because they're like you said, Dana likes them and, and they're fun and, and they're entertaining when they're in the ring. But I think that Sung Woo Choi is legit. I think that he was done a disservice uh, with his first two UFC fights being Moe Saravluev followed by Gavin Tucker. Um, I think that the, going to a decision with Moe in your debut is, is pretty damn impressive. and And getting finished by Gavin Tucker really doesn't isn't, isn't that a huge red flag for me? And then the Yusuf Zalaw win didn't age terrifically just because Yusuf isn't as good as we thought, but that was a really dominant win. I think that – not. I have this number of bigger. Um, I had I had it over 200, and your number is scaring me. I'm going to go with 220, which is coming down a little bit from the number no, I had written down, but it's still it's – still- So,
2: Kobe, before you rip off the Band-Aid, Dan – do you see, what would you have the line of like Julian Arosa versus Alex Casares? which honestly is a fight I wouldn't mind watching. But like, where would you have that line? Because he came in only at minus 145 against Alex Casares. You think that knockout over Julian Arosa, who is Cheney, propels him to minus two
0: plus? I mean, I, I just think that bookmakers know Bruce Leroy isn't, a fighter to be whatever with. I'm looking at his line versus Kevin Kroom, and he's only a minus 155 favorite there. Kevin Kroom is ass. Kevin Kroom, no, we Kevin will Kroom. never see
2: again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right, Kobe, rip it off. I already feel myself in a fucking hole.
1: Opened minus 180. It's all I'm the way dead. up to minus 280.
2: I'm dead. Yeah, I'm dead. Let's go. I'm Let's dead. go. I am fucking dead. Okay
1: wow DK, he's got three chances to ice this
0: one
2: no i'm quitting i'm doing one more i'm uh got, I'm max i'm max ros coughing it i'm waving the flag i'm i don't want this anymore no i'm in let's go
0: fourth
1: fight uh, main card women's bantamweight jessica rose clark oh, and this jocelyn is, edwards i'm feeling good about DK. this. One. i think
2: i have the edge on dan here unless dan drills it i i, I think i'll be within pretty close
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Jocelyn Edwards was a prospect we were pretty high on um, coming into you're that not Rune, Wu Yanon fight and and the Carol Rosa. Uh, fight. Yeah,
2: you're not you're not wrong.
0: And and both these women are skilled. I mean, obviously Jessica Rose Clark has been around for a little longer and, and I guess has the strength to schedule advantage, but. I'm not even sure about that. Um, I'm struggling right now with who to make the favorite. I want to say it's Joseline Edwards with – but they're both – I guess I'm going to – I'm going to go with Jessica Rose Clark as the favorite because she's coming off a win. Joseline Edwards is not. Jessica Rose Clark, not fucking even – Minus one (laughs) ten. I can't decide. I like, I literally can't decide making it even both. These women have 10 wins um, (laughs) that they're they're both decent, like under what 32 or I I don't know how old Jessica Rose Clark is, but they're both skilled, both not bottom dwellers in this division. They're not anyone to really look past. I don't think that there's going to be a giant line either way. I don't know who's the favorite I'm going even.
2: Okay. I like that and respect that. So here's what I have. I targeted this fight as a potential bet from a mile away. And this is one that if it wasn't for the game, I probably would have tried to play the line because I think there's going to be line movement. And, And Kobe, I want you to check line movement to let me know if I'm right on this hunch or if I'm wrong. My guess is Dan, I think you're right. I mean, we were high on Jocelyn Edwards. We think that she has a potential, she has a serious potential. I mean, she's 26 years old. She's looked very good in her two UFC fights. Couple, couple things. One, Carol Rose is one of her losses. Okay. I mean, you know how we feel about her. We saw her as, as an up and comer in that Betch fight. And then she lost like Sarah Alpar on the regional scene, which I know the name isn't like great. She's had a tough UFC fight so far, but it's like, She's she's, um, still UFC talent, in my opinion. Okay, now here's where it gets I- I questionable. She lost to Sarah Alpar via split decision in LFA, and Sarah Alpar lost to Jessica Rose Clark. And I know MMA math isn't like something to live and die by, but when you have someone in Jessica Rose Clark fighting Paige Van Zance, fighting Beck Rawlings, who was big in like, you know, the mid like 2015, 2016, whatever. I mean, you can go as far as to say that Jessica Rose Clark is somewhat of similar to to a pioneer in the sport. Jessica, I fought for a title. She fought her. And so I think that Jessica Rose Clark is going to be an unjust favorite against Jocelyn Edwards, even though Jocelyn Edwards should be the favorite Because of how much people know about Jessica Rose Clark and not know about Jocelyn Edwards, I waited for the game. I've not placed anything. I have no idea what this line is. So, Kobe, let me know if the line has moved a lot because I want to count how much value I've lost because of this game. But I think Jessica Rose Clark is going to be a favorite. I'm going to go high, not super high, but high. And I think, I truly, to my core, think Jocelyn Edwards should be the favorite. I'm going to go Jessica Rose Clark minus 150. And and I think 150. And I think that Jocelyn Edwards would be plus 130. But I wouldn't be surprised if this opened at like 170 and that I lost a little value. And I I think it's going to be closer to Danny's line come fight night at even. And so as you're listening to this, I think Jocelyn Edwards could be a potential play.
1: So you're pretty close to on it, Reese. It opened minus 150 for oh, wow. Clark. It was steamed up to minus 190, and it's come back down to minus 140.
2: Yeah, that, that's a bad steam up. I I mean, those early action tends to be sharp action, but I would be surprised if sharps would steam this up to 170. And that's why I'm wondering, or 190. That's why I'm wondering, are people hitting this Jessica Rose Clark early? I know she's got a decent fan base. Um, it's an interesting one. I, I think it's an interesting spot. Dan, I encourage you to tape this one a little bit extra this week because from the, the second this fight was announced, I kind of eyed this as a potential, a potential spot. And I laid off any sort of taping or lining or anything for this game. But I, I'm, I encourage you to take an extra look at this one. Will do. I mean, I'm, I'm, because Come show. Depending, I might not even place it depending what you see, but I'm I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say. But I I think I think Edwards looks good in a spot here. All right, this is that's the point that I knew I was gonna get because I I'm like Danny said, I am very high on Jocelyn Edwards, and I know a lot about Rose Clark. I've seen all her UFC fights. I know a lot of you know the who's who's, 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 who's who she she might have headlined in that Van Zandt fight or at least on a pay per view or something. So I I I I would have felt good about this one. Oh Dan, you're in trouble. Ricky Glenn, my boy. Cash with the dog last time.
1: He's next. Reese called it lightweight bout. Rick Grant Dawson Ricky Glenn. Reese kick things off. So Rick Glenn is always a spot.
2: Rick Glenn's a guy that doesn't look like much, hasn't shown a whole bunch, and and has lost to guys that aren't even in the UFC. I mean, Miles Jury. He's fighting for Bellator, which honestly is not as bad of a loss as it might sound on paper. Kevin Aguilar, I I don't know if Kevin I don't think Kevin Aguilar's in the UFC anymore. No, he's lost four straight on tapology and is probably on his way out. So you don't know what you're going to get out of him. But I said it in that Joaquin Silva fight, look for him as a dog to cash. He was a slight dog, but I said look at him as a dog to cash and he did. I think Grant Dawson. Actually, I know Grant Dawson is the biggest step up in competition he's ever faced. I think Grant Dawson's going to be a very big favorite here. I just think that Rick Glenn is going to be a great spot. So I think the line should be Grant Dawson minus 265, 275. But that's with me wanting to bet Rick Glenn really bad. So I'm going to go up even higher because I'm partial to Rick Glenn, and I'm going to go 295. And make Dan set if it's in the threes or the twos. So balls in your court.
0: I, I like the strategy, I really do. And I to play my hand right away. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it if you're gonna make me. I'm going with the three hundred. Um, wow. The line that I had written down was right around your two ninety. I had two eighty five, but for the for the exact same reasons you laid out, it's making me. We, I mean, we all cashed on Rick Glenn, I think, as a podcast and his Joaquin Silva fight. Like you said, he's a guy who's a gamer. He's been around the block. He knows a thing or two. This line is going to be bigger than it should be, especially with people being so high on on Grant Dawson. He's the new big thing out of Glory MMA. 27 years old, undefeated. I guess he has that one loss back in 2016. But um, But it's
2: Ricky Glenn, Dan.
0: I, I, I think that... There, he's gonna be a, a big favorite. How? I mean, I think that Grant Dawson would be a big favorite against Joaquin Silva, and um, Grant or, and Ricky Glenn was near even, just just slight dog Joaquin. So I'm gonna do it. Give me the 300.
2: Come on! I get. Wait, hold on. Before you rip it off, Kobe, I don't know what I'm rooting for because this game matters so much to me. But if Danny wins. We're getting Ricky Glenn at a plus three hundred dog, and I, I'm gonna cash back to act three hundred dogs and Ricky Glenn and fucking Nate Landwer last week. What is it? Rip it off! Rip it off! Go quick! I'm freaking out. You're muted. You're muted. But I saw three in your mouth. So
0: three I'm fifty. God. Three fifty. Grant Dawson. I didn't think it'd be over by that much. Wow. Open to four hundred, and it's come down oh, yeah. a little Poha bit. Poha Poha for
2: you. Poha for you. Poha for me. And it's and back within one.
1: Danny puts it on ice. We've got one more fight. The main Fuck. event of the evening. I told
2: you, bro, I, my best path for victory is to just stop playing the game and win by
1: one. <laughs> I, I'm
2: going to start calling in sick every single fucking Monday till the end of time.
1: Let's not short the listeners. we got one more fight on the card middleweight bout. Paula Costa, Martin Vittori. Dan, why don't you give us your thoughts first?
0: Yeah, both these guys are coming off of an Izzy loss, which is interesting because Marvin's Izzy loss is not four months ago, and Paulo hasn't fought in over a year now, and he looked so lost in that fight. And then before that, hadn't fought in a year was the Yol fight, which which was an awesome fight. He looked. Decent, I mean, but we've since seen Yoel get absolutely slumped by the likes of Phil Davis up at light heavy. It's just I love Phil Davis. I don't know. I I just don't know. No, that's just me on the sidebar. Right, right, right. No, I'm, I'm continuing. I I don't know if I can respect Paulo like almost at all with this line. I think that Vittori is going to be a favorite. I think he should be a favorite. Um, and I think that it's going to be like. 215 220 I think that Paulo. if you look at his record it's really a lot left to be desired I mean Johnny Hendricks and Uriah Hall are two of the three biggest names on it it is it's just interesting I'm not no disrespect to either of those guys but those guys in 2017 and 18 aren't aren't the same tests that they used to be and I, I think that Vittori is going to be a comfortable favorite here.
2: Uh, see, I'm so happy you said that because for all of our listeners, they know that Vittori is my 1% Italian brethren and I love him and I ride him and I'm just as delusional as him. He beat Izzy twice. This is bullshit. Anyways, um, I, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the line should be in that vein, but I, I'm starting to wish that the show went in reverse order. Because the podcast would have been a lot more interesting, Kobe. Because I would have hit the jostling, I would have been up two one, and then Danny would have ran it back. I'm almost, I'm so confident it's lower than two hundred, and the reason why is two reasons. One, Paulo Costa hasn't fought since his title bout, and he's known as like this guy who just can knock out anyone at any second, at any time. And 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 let's face it, he's a fan favorite. I mean, the dude's an absolute hunk. I mean, I'm as straight as can be, and even I sometimes question it. I'm like, man, that guy's good looking. On the other side, you got Marvin Vittori, who's always a gamer. And the thing that I love about Marvin Vittori and what will win him the fight is his gas, zero, tank. His gas tank and zero quit energy. I mean, he, he can be in round four and he's still shooting for takedowns. He's still fucking pulling every, all, everything he's got. So I, I think it's going to be lower because what Costa brings to the table, that one punch knockout, I think that your line is the live line after round one. After Costa doesn't finish him, it's going to be minus 210. And after he doesn't finish him again, it's gonna be minus three fifty. I think the pre line, though, I wouldn't even be surprised if Costa's the favorite. I don't want to go there. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I know a lot of people who love Costa. I know Costa is one of the highest selling cards. I'm gonna go Vittori minus one thirty. Wow. Yeah, I think it's. I really think it's that small. And 130, I, I wouldn't be thirty.
0: That, that Dan might be, Dan, Dan, that Dan, might be Dan. breaking my three unit max rule.
2: I'm not gonna lie. Between me and you. I think Vittori is going to be such a great play this weekend because of what I'm hearing from the general public about Costa. They all think he's a murderer. They all think he's just like, you know, he, he he's a very marketable guy, fought in the main event, made excuses, whatever. But I mean, you know, Vittori is
0: tough as nails. There's no Vittori's way Apollo is separating movie. him from consciousness. I agree. And like, we'll get in. Well, I'll, I'll, I will yeah. repeat all this on the main episode, but – the biggest accolade on, on Costa's resume is this Yoel fight where he went three rounds and was gassed in the third round of that. He, like he had no gas tank, even in a three rounder. You're asking him to go five here. What are we doing? Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think that Vittori's going to be a great play. And look,
2: Kobe's going to read off the line movement. There's a chance that this game costs us value again and that you're right. And that Vittori steamed up that high. But if it opened at Vittoria to two, I will truly be shocked because I just know from the general public, people love fucking Costa. But I think we're going to make some good money this weekend.
1: Reese is all over it. It's Vittoria minus 150 right now. It hasn't moved since yesterday, but it has moved quite a bit since it opened back in August. August 4th, Costa opened up as your favorite minus 150. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I Ugh. and I've gauged a lot of that from general public. Like for some reason, people who are more casual to the sport, tune in for main events, they love Costa. They love Costa. And I think a lot of it is is his looks, a lot of it is his uh finishing ability. It's always exciting to watch a guy just absolutely lawn chair somebody. So
1: I, I'm not surprised here.
2: I wish we went reverse podcast. I would have choked the
0: two-one lead, but
1: I think I think Danny's yeah. not even waiting to pause and play. I think he's just playing live right now. Yeah, is that he's what
2: going happened? To grab
0: your phone. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm ran over across the room to grab my phone to see what see if my book has all these same lines. Add, there's uh, a lot of value that we just uncovered. Now
2: that we can finally bet, add some Jocelyn Edwards
0: there, my guy. Yeah, there's a lot right. of value we just uncovered. It feels like.
2: I know. This was this was more of a mining expedition than anything else. I, all I've heard today is a bunch of good lines. I was off on every single one. By the way, Dan, great win. Sidebar. It, it hurts. I, I'm glad the competition is close, but that one that one's hit a little different. That stung a little bit.
1: Yep. Danny brings it within one. You'll get another round of the Pod just 24 hours from now. Um, we'll be recording. And as Reese mentioned, with JSP, he'll be back on. And we'll be ready to break down. So we want to get out of here. So these guys can start taping. And
2: the one thing, quick, I want to add: uh, if you have questions that you want to ask, as always, reach out to us at Ankle Pick Pod on all of your socials. We're there, and yeah, your your question might get debuted on the show. So feel free Let's to reach out to us. Out drop us yeah. a follow. Yeah, always good stuff. Um, but we're really excited to have Jonathan Pierce back in studio tomorrow. So hopefully, Danny, we can get our ta- after. I know we got Tuesday night contender series here, but after that,
0: hopefully, we can get some tape done. Yep. All right. DK within one closes up in Koha. Yeah, congrats. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do Norma, our girl Norma, justice, but uh, I'll do my best. Koha!